0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Into the Smowdown Galaxy here on the Galaxy Geeks YouTube channel and the Galaxy Geeks podcast feed. If you like what we see here, what you see here on the channel, please hit the like button and subscribe to the channel. That way you can keep up to date with all the content we have here on the YouTube channel. Also, hit the notification bell. That way you'll be notified whenever a new Into the Smowdown Galaxy you. comes your way. Also... If you like us on the podcast feed, please give us a five-star review and comment on the video to let us know what your thoughts are. I'm your host, Eli McKaig, and joining me as always, he's the Christian Harloff to my Mark Ellis. He is Luke Studdard. Luke, how you doing, buddy?
1: Doing good. And to go ahead and start off, we have a special guest today. Who is yes. that guest, Eli McKaig?
0: Our special guest is the host of The Inside and by far one of the most knowledgeable people in the Smowdown fandom community he is tim sim
1: welcome to the show tim
2: hey guys thanks for having me
1: no thank
0: you for joining you are in my opinion one of the big major voices in the SmoDown fandom community doing all the schmodown master posts making sure everyone has something to say <laughs> in the SmoDown facebook group so you being on our show in my opinion it's like having a major voice from the community on the show so thank you so much for joining us
1: i mean check out brian (laughs) check out what brian said the first guy who appears in the question answers part of the live digital slowdown
2: yeah it used to be until you know we change it all up but but yeah i appreciate it i mean it's just basically just just me being a pseudo admin you know just to take care of the master post stuff you know as much as i can but (laughs) Other than that, yeah, it's been great, you know, being one of the you know longtime followers since it started in back in 2014, and uh, yeah, it's been uh, you know amazing journey what it has been, and uh, just being part of this community, and now just re- and now recently being part of the after show community, it's been really a great experience so far, and you know, really been really something, especially during these trying times that we are living in.
1: Yes. Oh yeah. So. To start the show off, we're starting the show a bit different because one of the main reasons why Tim Sim joined us when well, he actually contacted us was the big announcement from John Roca. We're going to show a video clip of what he announced on his show. And so it will take a couple minutes. So let's sit back and watch.
3: One out my way. And I've earned that after seven seasons of giving you everything I got, Harloff. So this is what I say. No, 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 no. This is what I demand. I am going out in spectacular fashion. You understand me? Are you listening to me? I saw you retweet my tweet or comment. Oh, we should have talked about it ahead of time. We're talking about it now. No longer is the outlaw going to be under your control. No longer is the outlaw waiting on Christian Harloff to dictate the terms of a match. No, no. This time, I'm telling you my terms. And I'm going out in spectacular fashion, baby. That's what I'm telling you. So the outlaw is going to retire. But I'm retiring my way. All right, we built this thing. And really I built this thing because you had ideas in the clouds. I put them on the ground and built them from the ground up. This schmodown thing of ours, this schmodown cosa nostra, for those who understand. That's what we did.
1: <laughs> so hopefully we don't get copyrighted We did Well, it's not the first deal we've got copyrighted on.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least copyright claimed. But yeah, that was N- Roka's big announcement. He's retiring, but he is wanting a match at Spectacular. Jake, I would like to see him try. We got nothing to give him. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so right. Tim, I want to know your thoughts on this first. You saw that big, that big post, that big oh, video.
1: Oh, Brian. That's wrong.
0: I mean, it's not going to be. I mean, I'll, I'll no, just no. say this, it's not going to be the main event. But, Tim, <laughs> yeah. what are your thoughts? is retiring. He wants to go out at Spectacular. Whenever. Go ahead.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, just to say, I think, you know, we I think Spectacular, this, this year's Spectacular, we shouldn't probably go full on WWE and have that retirement match be the main event like Sean Michaels versus The Undertaker. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> uh yeah, so basically, the, the the first time that I heard about this possible Ooh. announcement, uh, I was probably in the middle of uh, you know, planning out, you know, for my upcoming episode of the insight, uh, which is, should be up later this uh, this week, or I have an announcement out later, but uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, in the middle of you know planning out, uh, I just got an announcement that Roku is about to make something big on his channel, and uh, you know, I mean, in like, you know, uh, uh. uh miss out on, a you know, potentially a, a big news if it is really that big, but, and yeah, I mean, the first time that I've uh, uh, saw that live stream, I mean, it's it's really amazing, uh, you know, especially to see Roka when he mentioned about seven seasons, and yeah, I mean, seven seasons since 2015, he's been one of the mainstays in the showdown and really uh, uh, transformed the showdown to what it is, you know, uh, today. I mean, without him, it would probably never be what it is, and and uh, what really got me surprised was the fact that he said that uh, uh, Roca uh, was uh, talked out by Harlov from the singles tournament. Because if you look at his earlier tweet, he said that he wanted to put over one of the rookies in the exchange in the tournament instead of him going at it one more time. And and I thought it was a great uh, you know a uh, gesture to do, but apparently from what he said, I mean, apparently it's not all. 100% true I think I mean so basically what I'm thinking is and this is just me speculating it's just either uh, you know uh, Christian Harloff talked John Rocha out of making the singles tournament which led to him deciding that that you know one more rookie should take his place and thus you know putting rookie over or maybe that's not true but other than that I mean uh, John Rocha, uh he's definitely asking for his one last ride and and from what I uh, asked, you know, a question about uh, which he wants to face, he said he wants it a uh, compare to make it a top match, because you know he doesn't just doesn't want to make it a simple match. Well, all that before uh, making an offensive comment about my Houston Astros, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's the outlaw. What do you expect? I mean, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's really uh, gonna be an interesting uh, turn of events uh, from here on out. I mean. So far Christian Harloff has said that he's not going to make that match happen. It's not going to happen, but people are rising up slowly and steadily. And I mean, Roka, he has this large fan base for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's going to escalate more and more, uh, the closer we get to spectacular.
0: Yeah. I yeah. Very much agree. Oh, Luke, I, go ahead.
1: Oh, you're good. Um, basically I agree. I think, I am very curious if this is a setup of like a WWE storyline, because I think Christian's planning a lot of things this coming up. What might be interesting, I watched an interview from Suge who posted interviewing Roca, and basically I wouldn't be shocked if you didn't see Roca not get his match, run in, Christian has to give him something, or... He starts his own... Basically, kind of like an AEW. Not the FCL, but something different. Because he wants to run the Schmodown. That's his final goal. That's what he wants it to look like. So, do you think there is a form of the Schmodown where Roka could be running it? Or do you think that he's going to start his own thing?
0: Well, based <laughs> off of how they were, he was talking about the Outlaw Nation, he was very much... Um,
1: Yeah, see, Brian mentioned it here.
0: Um, But he very much was putting over very heavily the um, um, trivia thing that he has with his patrons. And he was was putting that over heavily. So if he does do something like an AEW sort of thing, it might be something with that. However, again, whether this is a work or not, that's up in the air. I could easily see them being a time during Spectacular where... There's a long pause. There's a lull, and Christian's talking to the audience. Of like, if he, if Roka doesn't get the match beforehand, there's a lull. Christian's trying to tide over the audience, and then you just hear Roka's music. He just walks down to the stage with a mic and's like, No, you're giving me a match right now. And then we get an impromptu match, whether that be Christian versus Roka, or someone comes out mm. to defend like um, Christian's side, whether that be Dan Merle or someone like that, who People easily associate with the smowdown as, oh, you're the smowdown guy. You're not anti smowdown. So something like that could happen. I could see it, or I could just see ultimately so many people um, go against Christian and like, no, you give us the match. And then Christian's like, all right, you want the match? You got it. But it's not the main event to tell you that, but you're getting the match. But like, one of those scenarios could happen. I could see all of them or just one of them happening. And I think this is a very interesting thing. And we have gotten suggestions like Jake Berlin earlier yeah. said Roka versus Merle right there. And then like a lot of people are wanting Roka versus Manch three. So Tim yeah. in your in your brain when you hear one last ride, who do you want Roka's last match to be against?
2: i mean uh when it comes to probably his most prolific opponents i mean there's in my mind there's two of them uh that stands out which is one being obviously being dan merle i mean the one that started you know this uh super super, you know matches off you know the best of the the very best of the best between those two and then especially the storylines that interweave around these two from being you know rivals right from the beginning to joining together as what should have been one of the best super teams on paper before Corruption uh, pretty much uh, obliterated them three mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh, and of course, you know, now they're in opposite uh, factions already. And that kind of war with each other. And I don't know, I mean, it depending on how Murrow does in the tournament, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it will be uh, Roka versus Murrow in that one last ride match, or Maybe even, you know, Christian Harloff himself could, you know, maybe come out of a uh, retirement and play one last single match to potentially, you know, uh, put him in his place. I mean, that's probably the mo- uh, what makes sense in my mind, storyline rise. I mean, because don't forget that it's basically, you know, bo- both Volker and Harloff know each other, you know, way back. And, uh, and that, uh, it seems primed for a matchup between these two, especially, you know, given that, you know, Harloff, uh, Talked him out of being in the singles tournament, and those are the two I know. And of course, there's another, well, a big, you know, uh, fan dream matchup of uh, the third uh, match between uh, John Roca and Scott Mans. But uh, I don't know if that will happen or not because uh, I mean, Roca said he wants a top contender, and I mean, so that probably rules out Scott Mans, unfortunately. But you never say never. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's really uh, interesting, especially when you also mention about that that one day he wants to take over the showdown and i mean it's probably not out of out of his reach i mean we'll we'll just see how it goes but to say that he wants to start his own league in my opinion that's a loose loose uh scenario for everyone because uh, you know you're talking about you know separating the fan base because don't forget i mean we're already like uh eight seasons in and uh, i mean we're not like a really super huge uh following i mean we're definitely have a, a a, a, a great following but i wouldn't call it a huge enough following because uh where if it's if you there's an, a breakaway a breakaway league it could you know cut it down to smaller faction you know fan bases and that could you know hurt both of them but <clears throat> I, don't know, I, I can't see that happening i mean but i mean yeah in i mean maybe i mean well, it's obvious that he'll either be in a you know uh, managing a faction or maybe being in you know commissioner or i don't know maybe taking over, you know, job as president of the showdown like uh, grace, but we'll see. I mean, uh, the opportunities there are wide open, but I don't see Roka starting that breakaway league, you know, in spite of his hmm. storyline,
0: rise. I could what see if, oh, if go ahead. I was just saying, if they do do Christian, or if Christian decides to do Christian versus himself versus Roka, it could be a stipulation to where if Roka wins, He gets like a certain percentage of the smowdown, sort of like how in WWE there was a Ric Flair versus Vince McMahon rivalry at a time. And they had a match, they had a blow off match where it was um, if if, um, Flair wins, he gets 51% and Vince McMahon gets 49%. Or if Vince wins, he gets, um, Ric Flair gets nothing. And then Ric Flair won and it was. 51 49 so we could get something like that storyline wise but it's up in the air but i i hesitate to say roca goes up against christian harloff because there's also a thread that exists that came after slowdown collision and that was the kevin smith one to where no, yeah. kevin smith wants retribution from all that so we I mean, have that thread a, on the air. yeah i
2: mean i mean there's a possibility of it you know probably not happening uh Based on uh, Kevin Smith's avail- availability, I mean, if he mm-hmm. can make it or not, because don't forget, I mean, he also has other things on his plate, you know, I mean, Clark's three uh, post-production and, you know, promotion uh, as well, I mean, but, uh, <clears throat> I, mean, old, I mean, that that could happen, you know, they could probably snuff out the Smith storyline and bring it up where it's Harlock versus Roka or, I mean, uh, it, we will We'll just have to, you know, see where it goes, but uh, you know, especially with that Kevin Smith storyline. But, um, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that ha- happened to you know, uh, uh, not,
1: not it early.
0: Yeah, Luke. Well, one
2: thing.
1: Well, one thing too, I wanted to bring up, which would be actually interesting. Right now, we really don't know what's happening with the Grace storyline. What's happening there? What if you have storyline play out to where Roka contacts? Whoever the Shmominati is, because I think they're going to bring that back somehow and basically say, OK, since the Shmominati, since we are not having any luck with Christian right now, Roka, you're being put in charge of the schmodown and we are going to demote Christian down to a manager next year. So instead of him being l- leading the schmodown, Christian's stuck doing another job in the Schmodown, whatever it is, even it could be even president or whatever Grace is doing right now, because I do think you're going to see storylines back and they've got to do something big at spectacular. How big would it be if you saw Christian get demoted to the point of either a manager or something like that? Or, oh, yeah, and Brian also brainwashing guy is still happening. Yeah, whatever that storyline
2: is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we got some still some snippets of that during the collision, end. and I think we're probably not going to see that much until you know, probably later Cantina matches, maybe. But uh, as we've seen them film a cutscene already, uh, to you know, just des- to describe why that you know, Merle versus a uh, Lon Harris match is being postponed,
3: obviously for you know, uh, health reasons. But
2: uh, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they uh, you know, uh, do some more cutscenes probably uh, in the Cantina matches. I mean. There will obviously be story elements in the new york live event i mean that i can see happening for sure and uh and of course obviously uh all the storyline scenes are gonna happen you know at odd at once at spectacular i mean that we'll see more of it in the build-up to spectacular we'll just have to uh you know wait and see if, how they do, do it especially with uh you know no studio yet for them and also because of you know Karloff's uh, decision to stop doing online-only cutscenes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So in saying that, let's go on. Uh, we kind of pushed this conversation as far as we can go. We're going to go into our normal
0: segment. And our first segment, what is that, Eli? It is Rookie of the Week, and we have Frankie Alvarez as our Rookie of the Week. Tim, what are your thoughts on Frankie Alvarez as a player and just overall thoughts on Frankie Alvarez?
2: Well, I think for Alvarez, I mean, especially in the uh, singles division of what he's done so far, I mean, he definitely uh, brings in, you know, that uh, character element, which we love in the movie trivia smowdown And he uh, backed it up with, uh, you know, strong performances. I mean, he uh, got one over Brother Lomas, I mean, in a really interesting battle. And uh, the next one, I mean, was it against, I think, uh, uh, was it uh, Jess uh, Sloth, I think? or I believe, I yes, know.
0: it was Jess Sloth.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it was, uh, you know, a t- uh, tough match for him. And then, uh, I mean, I mean, there's not that many matches for him, but I think he has a lot of room to uh, grow and to hopefully, you know, expand out as a competitor during his next season in, in the showdown. I mean, so far it's just that there's not many opportunities for him to have, especially with, you know, so many amazing rookies that we have in, in the uh, movie trivia showdown uh, this uh, uh, season.
0: Frankie has done great with what he's been able to do we're about to see what he's going to do in a live setting against the rager Rick Raddus so it's going to be very interesting to see yeah I could see Frankie as a contender for rookie of the year depending on how the um tournament turns out for a few of the rookies that are in it like Paige and Griffin Names and Josh Horowitz we'll just have to wait and see Luke what are your thoughts on Frankie Alvarez
1: Honestly, I think frankie, Frankie's frankie been a great competitor. I think he's been playing great this year. It'll be interesting to see his next matches. I'm excited. Um, I do have a question, and this co- goes down to kind of Brian's question here, um, asking if Frankie would be Rookie of the Year, or who who do y'all lean towards Rookie of the Year so far?
2: I'm... Um, uh- <clears throat> Well, I mean, front runner right now is uh, Thomas Harper because of, you know, being yeah. the first rookie to win the Star Wars belt and now awaiting the uh, tournament winner at Schmodown Spectacular. I mean, but uh, not far behind him, you have like several uh, single rookies that have been doing very well in the uh, tournament. I mean, you have uh, Ty Lieberman, uh, Josh Horowitz, Frankie Nooms, and recently Paige Fabretti, the one who pulled off the stunning upset over Ben Bateman. I mean... There's still a lot of rookies and I think the race is, you know, still not uh, determined already. And, and even, you know, Amaru Moses, the uh, mm. an, uh, the next IG title challenger for Kalinowski's title, which I think as of right now is already filmed from the Scum Villain Cantina. And uh, we don't have a concrete date yet on when it'll be uh, premiering, you know, for everyone around the world, but uh, there's, the race is still wide open, but I mean, as of right now, it's, uh, I think for me, uh, Thomas Harper, uh, Amru Moses, and then I think uh, uh, Griffin Newman, Josh Horowitz, and Paige Betty. That's my uh, top oh, yeah. five.
0: Those are really well, good top five, and it's hard for me to disagree with that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually agree completely. And we'll actually, what we're about to get into conversation-wise, we'll kind of go into that a little bit more, because... Next is our manager of the week. Who is that, Eli?
0: Our manager of the week is Sam Levine of The Usual Suspects. Picking up two big win managerial wins with Nikki DeMolanta and picking up a... Oh, Frankie and Radis is the undercard. Nice. But Sam able to pick up two major managerial wins for The Usual Suspects with Nikki DeMolanta and Paige for Betty. I mean, he... He did great managing this week in my opinion. And it's hard when you have two wins on your belt for a week to not be considered manager of the week for me. So that's obviously why we both went for Sam. Tim, what were your thoughts on Sa- on what were your thoughts on Sam as a manager this week? I mean, I think
2: definitely it deserves the award. I mean, uh he's been doing very well this season. I mean, finally applying his uh championship experience properly to uh put his faction right in the middle of the race for the faction title alongside the defending faction champions, Corruption, and two other uh, big names in uh, the Finstock exchange and the super faction, the dungeon. I mean, he's probably done an amazing job so far this season. I mean, ga- guiding Ethan into uh, his uh, second uh, title reign as singles champion. And of course, uh, this week with a uh, strong showing it with Nicky DeMolanta, who's shown to be a... Uh, an up-and-coming Star Wars contender for sure. And, of course, helping uh, Paige for Ready to finally seal the deal and uh, pretty much uh, prove everything that she's she has said to uh, pull off the upset over one of the uh, best uh, former sh- champions in Ben Bateman.
0: Yeah, 100%. Luke, your thoughts on Sam? Um, first off, uh, before we
1: uh, I go into my thoughts, I just want to say, it: if you are in the chat or if you are Listening, oh, yeah, and, please, and, 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 please and, like the video. Good, yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Brian brought up, you know, don't sleep on the mercy Yeah, also don't add while well in the middle of the race. But yes, yeah, so I, I forgot about that part.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm not sleeping on the mercs. I think mercs are still in this game easily. But no, I think Sam played a great match, great matches this week. Like managing, I we're gonna dive into it a lot more with when we do the recaps of of the matches. Sam, to me, is a great manager. Sometimes he drives me up the wall because <laughs> he just he he can be so um he's just got interesting characteristics about him that drive me crazy. It makes him a good manager. it just oh it drives me up the wall sometimes
2: yeah i mean uh his uh opportunistic perspective when it comes to challenges i mean I really can't blame that, especially. You know, being a former singles and teams champion, I mean, he he definitely applying that experience to you know to see whatever you know uh, odd you know off putting of an answer or a question is, of when to find the right opportunity to uh, do the challenge, which you know can seem really you know anno- can be seem annoying at times, but and but it's been you know paying off uh, at least uh, at least half of the times that he uh, thrown out challenges.
0: It did pay off this week as well to help Paige. We'll get to it in the match recap, but it helped out a lot when they threw the challenge out in Paige's match. Speaking of Paige, Luke, play of the Week.
1: Our Player of the Week is Paige Frabetti. First off, congratulations to Paige Frabetti. She mm-hmm. played an intense, amazing match. I thought she did great. I am so impressed with how well she did.
0: Yeah, definitely. Tim, I mean, your
2: thoughts? Yeah, I mean, definitely. When you when we'll get to that match soon, but I mean, you see the way that she, she was able to counteract all the mental mind games that Ben Bateman was bringing out, even flustering Ben Bateman. You know, uh, in the final round, um, she's definitely uh, proving herself to be one of the newest contenders in the singles division, especially in light of. Now that we have our first uh, women's singles champion in uh, Marisol McKee. and I think Paige for Betty's, you know, definitely bringing, keeping that uh, belief alive that you know women deserves to be among some of the best contenders in the movie trivia showdown, especially in the singles division for the most prestigious title that they can offer.
0: A hundred percent agree with both of you. Um, her season started rocky, but ever since that loss, she's been able to climb out of whatever hole she might have been in. And it wasn't even a deep hole. She's And and able to hold your own against Ben Bateman, both in terms of trivia and in terms of um, character work and, like, smack talk, that's probably one of the best things that you can do because Ben Bateman's really good at it all. But she was able to make him question everything, especially when it came to answering the very last question and not delay himself and just go for the, quick answer, which it's it's nice to see someone like Ben Bateman get humbled at times. And that's right, she is oh. the only female left in the singles tournament.
1: Oh, that's cool. I did not even realize that. <laughs> yeah,
2: and also the only uh, remaining usual suspects
0: player. in the 100%. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Wow, was, e- was Ethan on the No, in Ethan the wasn't tournament? in the tournament.
0: Liz got knocked out of round one. Yeah. Um... Drew McWheeney got knocked out of round one. And who was the other one?
1: Oh, uh, wow. I'd There's so many the players tournament. in the world. <laughs> that's. I think that's the. Oh,
2: yeah. Uh, that it, oh, uh, oh and Janine. Janine. Yeah, but yeah, Janine's also still in. Uh, uh, as, oh, I thought Janine a star, was a part, part of the stars. stars. Yeah. Janine's a uh, part of the stars. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, well, he was talking about only female left in the oh, singles yeah, tournament. Oh,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think there's yeah so you two can't left. Janine. Yeah, yeah, two left in Janine and Paige for Betty. I mean, you know, uh, yeah. uh apologies, to, apologies to Janine who's yes. watching or listening to this, but uh, you know, I mean,
0: yes, hey, definitely. If, if Janine to Janine. To,
1: hey, if Janine watches this, I'll be super excited. So you know, just yeah. Happens.
0: <laughs> so All those right. are so saying are, that let's. Those are oh, of the week's highlight. So, Luke, you had one more major topic that you want to talk about. Do you want to do that now or after recaps?
1: We'll do it during recaps because it matters right. around the recaps.
0: So now we're going into our match recap for the first match of the week. We had Nikki DiMolanta versus Ross Arsenal. So, okay, uh, Hauser. Thank
1: you, so, Leah. Le- Leah. Leah just knows so much.
0: Yes, Leo knows quite a bit. So, Tim, you were watching this match. What were your thoughts on this match as you were watching it?
2: Well, I mean, uh, uh, Nikki Milanta shows that, uh, like I said before, she's been one of the new and upcoming top contenders in the Star Wars division to look out for. But you look at the other side in Ross' arsenal, I mean, uh, I had the honor of being able to uh, see uh, Ross uh, compete in the Star Wars division back in the F- in the FCL uh, several times, you know, at on Twitch. And uh, he's been doing really well when it comes to performing against some of the, you know, most interesting questions he can put up in the FCL, as well as, you know, small screen Star Wars questions in the FCL, which includes, you know, those uh, shows in Star Wars, and yeah, I mean, he's, he showed that uh, he can hang with the very best, I mean, and also that uh, hmm. he's been one of the uh, best Star Wars competitors picked up in free agency, you know, for the den, and um, yeah, note I mean, uh, he uh, up uh, put up a strong performance against Nikki in the first round, both getting 10 out of 10, you know, but without the bonus question. I mean it was a tough one. But and of course uh Arsenal making full advantage of the finished choice of what he was able to get with the last Jedi to go near perfect to earn nine out of ten points. And of course uh demo uh and of course getting that one point steal from Nikki in in uh the Force Awakens and Felt like that you know uh arsenal was gonna you know uh, probably run away this and pull off the amazing upset you know it shows how amazing the fcl is but uh arsenal was of course uh forced to get his five-pointer question correct to you know uh try to uh, win the match but i mean uh as you all saw i mean that question definitely one of the toughest questions that we have seen in the star Wars division and a
0: hundred percent memory. And, uh, oh, yeah. yeah and, and
2: as, as some people have said, you know, only a very few, I mean, one of them being the, uh, recent, uh, dragon con, uh, winner, uh, Marie Wilson knew that answer. And, uh, really goes to show of how high the difficulty is being increased, you know, from the writing team of PJ Campbell, since that famous 51 50 match, uh, back in spring. I mean, they're really, you know, pulling out everything they can do have in the Star Wars division to really test, the, you know, the might of these, you know, amazing competitors in that division.
0: Yes, 100%. Well, in
2: saying in saying that,
1: we honestly, if it was not for the lead-up and all the information that went into Paige's match, I would have given Player of the Week Nikki DeMolanta. I mm-hmm. felt she, honestly, I felt like she deserved it, but if it wasn't for who Paige was playing and the lead-up and everything going around that match, Nikki played so incredible. She is getting better and better every time she plays. She's getting better on the mic. I think she is going to really wreck this tournament. And we'll see what, what she does in the next match. Yeah, you it's going to be interesting.
0: It's going to be interesting to see which Damon she goes up against. Because... No matter which Damon it is, they're both gonna have a fight for against Nikki because Nikki proved herself. She proved herself against John Hoey, but she proved herself versus a Damon. That is correct. A
1: hey, Damon, that's great.
0: So this is going to be a fun. That's gonna be a fun match to watch, just to see if Nikki can continue with how she's been playing, and just to see which Damon is going to have to hold their hands up in defense. But yeah, I have nothing else to add to this match.
1: All right, let's move on to the next match, and that is Mike Kalinowski versus Paul Walter Hauser. This right, was Luke. an interesting match.
0: Yeah, Luke, let's start with you. What were your thoughts on this match?
1: Um, Personally, this might have been one of my favorite matches that, of the week due to the fact of I felt Paul Walter Hauser was showing how good of a player he is, and Mike, to me is doing so well in singles and just, just in the showdown in general, he feels like he's back. Like there's players right now. And we'll dive into it here in a second who I feel aren't as in it as they normally are. I think Mike has found a new love for the showdown and a love for the fans that I've not seen in a while. Um, But Paul Walter Hauser Showed how well he is. Uh, you've got Brian here who says Paul Walter Hauser and Jacob London are the two best rookies who are zero and two. And I cannot disagree with that more. I did not expect Paul to give such a good match. And I hope he comes back. I hope he stays in it. I hope he comes back and plays more and more. And Corruption uh-huh. is back in first place with this match. That's great.
0: Yeah. It, this was a fun match. I very much enjoyed it from beginning, middle, and and Mike made this known. This was the only tournament match in round one to get a perfect round from both competitors, and that was a very interesting stat that I very much enjoyed hearing. And, yeah, that that pull at the end of – if there's talks for Hauser-Jericho, that's probably going to be another match at um, Spectacular – Look, Spectacular is going to be loaded with matches. Let's oh, be it's honest. Gonna be so it's going to be more than just the title matches. So yeah, like, mm-hmm, yeah. round one was great for both of them. That pull by, by Mike of Peter Cushing, that was a great pull. And it was, I remember when I was reacting to it, it was one of those where, in my brain, I was like, this is the only one it, that makes sense in my brain other than Christopher Lee. So yeah. So Tim, what were your thoughts on this match?
2: Uh, (laughs) Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, it showed that, uh, you know, Mike Kalinowski, he's still one of the, you know, uh, top performing uh, triple threat players in this road on. I mean, I mean, probably going into the season, there have been questions about, will he have enough time to dedicate uh, in the singles division and maybe do well in that division with everything that he's been doing in both teams and inner geekdom i mean he just came off of a uh, winning back the ieg title from mark Kanopic, and and defending it against chandrew mm-hmm. of course soon will defend it against Amru moses and i mean uh that matchup showed that uh, kalinowski is still a triple threat player to look out for especially in the singles division and it just shows it with you know of making that deep pull for that five pointer in the final round mm-hmm. and uh Hanging on with the very best uh, to uh, you know uh, stay in this match, and now uh, looks to stay in as long as he can determine to deliver those points and maybe play for a possible title opportunity. And uh, it's, I mean, I'm really ex- as far you know, Paul Walter Hauser. I mean, he's definitely an, a, another great addition of you know one of those celebrities who can do very well in movie trivia alongside Brittany Young, and uh, and I hope to see uh, more from him you know in the future.
0: I have a question oh, yeah. for the panel. Oh. If if Mike wins the tournament and then he plays against either Marisol or Chance, and if he wins it, the belt, will he be the new GOAT of the schmodown mm. Because you gotta think about it. He's won Teams, he's won IG, and if he wins the singles belt, he had won he'd won three belts. Would that tip him over Dan, who's only been able to win
2: two uh I'd, I'd say close i mean uh but then again you have to look at not only just title wins also title defenses i mean mm-hmm. uh, Kalanowski was able to uh get his first ig title defense over chandrew i mean he hasn't gotten a title title defense with uh chance ellison for the team's title belts when he when they were facing against founding fathers in that one title matchup back in orlando about uh, two years ago and uh and he hasn't won the single spell yet. I mean, if he won the single spell, I mean, you still have to defend that title several times. I mean, because if you look at you know what Merle has done. I mean, he has, you know, defended it twice in two of his title reigns and uh was close to uh getting his uh third uh title defense in for the single spell, which would be a first in that division uh last season. And and I think uh, uh, it would you'll probably need, you know, probably more uh <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if 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 uh, could can win both the singles belt and the teams uh, belt during Spectacular, I would say it would put him close to a uh, goat status. You know, maybe they throw him I wouldn't say he would. He's on Merle yet because uh, and Merle's is still probably the best to play, especially in the, the most premier division in the movie trivia showdown, which is singles, and and that with that many title reigns and many title defenses and plus one-team style defense uh, with Roka. I mean, it probably still solidifies his status as a GOAT, but uh, but we'll see. I mean, uh, especially with, you know, if, if Kainanans can defend the IG belt more, two more times, you know, before the season ends and hopefully try to win, you know, the team's belt and uh single's belt to potentially be, you know, the first uh, triple-belted uh, champion.
0: All right,
2: Luke, your thoughts? I f- my
1: thoughts on it is, I think, and first off, Mike is actually my favorite player in the Schmodown. Just in general, I, I actually joined the Smodown due to his corruption matches and the, that whole storyline. But in saying that, I think due to the amount of times Dan has won the belt, that's, that's what we also have to look at. He's how many times is he? Is it six, five, or six
0: times he's won the belt? I think he's a five time champion.
1: Five time. Oh, so because, yeah. so because of that, that really puts him above most everyone in the showdown. And it five time, five time single champ. Thank you, thank you. And also, how many? I mean, he's won the team's belt. I think twice. I think. And so due to that, the amount of times he's won, that's why he's on the GOAT status so much. If Mike wins the belt twice, if he wins it twice, wins it, defends it, or wins it, loses it, and then gains it back, I give him GOAT status due to his record in IG. But he's got to win it twice.
2: I mean, I I would probably put him, you know, if he does that, to be the best triple threat competitor in the movie trivia showdown, you know, playing in those three divisions, you know, minus star Wars, because of how super specific that is. I mean, (laughs) well, apparently,
0: apparently Moose was supposed to be a, a four division player, but he only got put into one division for the entire season. So we'll see if Moose can actually play in the other three divisions to see if he can do what he says he can, but since we're done talking about Kalinowski-Walter Hauser, let's move on to the final match that happened this week, the big match of the week, which was the first <sighs> the controversial round two match. match. <laughs> Some people may say controversial. Round two match it is Ben Bateman versus Paige for Betty. Paige moving on into the quarterfinals of the tournament. That's right, Mike and Chance are. So my thoughts immediately on this match were... I want Paige to shut the boss up so badly because the boss has been talking nonstop crap about Paige and I was really wanting her to shut him up. He did. But then very much, yeah, it was a guy calling a Batman match, which I think Christian did intentionally. And then we get the, in my opinion, the weird round two moment of her saying airport and Sarah airplane. And then, Ben gets asked the question, which I think some people have been misunderstanding what the challenge was. The challenge was not that she, that the point should go to her because she said um, airport. Yeah. She did miss her, her, the word trilogy when she wrote part three, that is a major thing that happened at the beginning. But I think it was more of just the challenge was Ben shouldn't have gotten that question. Shouldn't have been like asked that question because she mentioned, she said the answer and he should be getting a new question. And then, the retort from Kaiser was no, the question should still be valid. And instead they ruled in favor of the usual suspects gave um, Ben a new question, but he still got it. It ultimately didn't matter if it was the same question or not. He got both of them. So he got to move on. And then Paige picking up the victory, shutting the boss up. And I was just happy. I was, I was, ex- I was happy to see Paige win. It's going to be great to see her going into quarterfinals because with this win, it guarantees a rookie in the semifinals. No matter what, a rookie will be in the semifinals of the singles tournament. Tim, I'm going to go to you next. What were your thoughts on this match?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean that challenge, I mean, basically I think it was right. I mean, airplane is te- technically a place. I mean, so there's nothing wrong with how the question was worded. And uh, and I think, you know, overall, I think uh, I'm glad that the challenge ended well. I mean, it was a fair-willing, pretty much. And, of course, Bateman was able to, you know, get the steal. And, uh, yeah, it happened. I mean, for a big two points. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, if you look at this matchup, I mean, w- what I see is, you know, uh, Paige ready counteracting every uh, mental uh, game that Bateman played on her with her own, you know, counter uh, mental warfare. And, of course, what... Uh, but probably what that le- led to was probably what everyone, I think, is you know talking about is two, two missed questions from his usual strengths. Mm-hmm. One, which was in, I think, what, movie release dates, I think?
0: It was technically in horror, but it was a movie release dates yeah, question. Um, uh, yeah, um, a movie
2: release date question yeah, in yeah. round one, I think.
0: Yeah, it was how many movies came out, how many Halloween movies came out in the 90s? And then the one he got the Oscars question he got wrong was how many movies was Damien Chazelle nominated for, for best director? Yeah. I mean,
2: it was only, and of course it was probably only one in La La Land, right?
0: Yeah. I believe, yeah, yeah, the answer was one, but he said two.
2: So, yeah, I mean, basically that mystery part from Bateman was a, a shocker for everyone because we all know that Bateman has a strong uh, strength in Oscar films. And, uh, and I think, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at that, I mean, this matchup, I mean, it was strongly in Bateman's favor to uh, move into the quarterfinals and await the winner of the undercard match in New York. And uh, but that three-pointer miss in Oscars for him—that was for me the turning point in the entire match, where it turned from a you know a predictable win to a you know potential upset, uh, an amazing upset if you ask me. And where uh, Fabretti just needs to you know uh, do well and. And of course, after missing that third question, three-pointer question, he went to the five-pointer question too. And that's where, you know, Paige's uh, counter uh, mental warfare paid off, where after hearing the question, Bateman just like like that, you know, answered quickly and got the five-pointer and showed, I think it's probably how flustered he was, you know, in the entire match, possibly. And of course, for Betty, uh, uh getting the five-pointer too, pretty much sealed a deal on one of the best upsets in this of the season.
0: A hundred percent. Luke, your thoughts on the match?
1: Well, um, first off, I, I've heard a lot of people and uh, Tim, I can actually completely understand where you're coming from feeling like he was flustered. I think in the moment, I think Bateman knew page was going to win it. I think he knew at that point that he was going to get five. She was going to get to five. I think, Strangely, I know a lot of people get tired of Bateman. I actually really love his performance. I love his his cockiness and the way he is. I love that part of his character. I love the character work he does. I think he's a great player. I think he's a very interesting heel character. I think in this match, Paige just played a better match. She got the questions that she knew. Bateman had two questions he missed. It's I think it was. Oh, here we go. Uh, we will get a a Ben slash page uh, too soon when danger zone plays the Untouchables in the Team tournament, which should be fun. I do think this is where I was actually going with my uh, thought process earlier. Ben Bateman to me this season and y'all can disagree with me uh, if y'all think so. I think Ben has not been in the Snowdown as much as he's been in past seasons. I don't know if it's the digital age, which it might be. I don't think he's been in since digital age. I think when he is playing live like that match against Perry, he played great. I felt he was in it. I just think when he's on digital, I think it takes him out of the matches as much. He can't do his character work like he normally is. And I think Paige this next, next match, whatever it is, will be the most important match of her career. Because if she loses, then she is seen as, oh, she it was a fluke that she beat Ben. Oh, she's really not that good. We're just talking high about her. But if she wins, then she starts looking a lot better in comparison to other rookies. But she's got to win that next match. I would say that next match is more important than the Ben Bateman
2: match. I mean, I mean, just to you know, uh, put a fair uh, uh, saying on this. I mean, it's uh, how she lo- if she's if she's gonna be losing that match. I mean, it's gonna come down to how close of a loss was it for Paige. I mean, uh, the uh, you know magnitude of it because uh, it could depend on whether, like you said, I was saying uh, it was a fluke that she got the win over Ben, or if it was really close. It show, still shows of how great uh, Paige shit is. I mean, for the schmoldown. I mean, it's just. There's probably a few bit of things that she needs to go her way. I mean, but that wouldn't, you know, count out, you know, what what she has done against Ben Bateman in that upset.
0: Yeah, I yeah. I very much think one of the main things Paige needs to work on, and I think she knows this, and she's going to be working on it, is to just slow down at times. That's there are a lot of there in round two. There are a lot of times she was just going fast, and she just needs to learn to slow down a little bit, and that's mainly. Mainly and hearing uh, Luke, hearing you talk about Ben doing great heel work, um, you wanted to bring up a topic about heels.
1: All right, this was a major topic, and we're going to get back into. Um, we'll get back into our re- recap. We only have really two recaps to talk about for the matches, but you mean predictions? A main top, or well, predictions, not recap predictions. One of the main things I want to talk about is. Heels in the schmodown where we are as heels with heels in the schmodown Do you feel that right now? The I was listening to the action uh, action industries news uh, video last night, and they were talking about heels in the schmodown and how Angel Guy did not feel like there were any really good heels other than Chandra in the schmodown at the moment. Do where do you think as? Heels in the down. Where do you think we are? Do you think we're we need a little bit better heel work in the Schmodown or do you think it's it's good? It's just how it is.
2: Um, uh, can I go ahead and you know, uh,
0: talk yeah, more, go more. ahead.
2: I think, uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, especially just because of you know of where we are in right now, especially if you know some live but mostly digital matches. I mean, I think. It's our, it's it's fine it's fine as it is. I mean, we probably got enough you know a strong personalities. Some heel like, some heel like you know others fully heel like. You know, I mean, it's a uh, it's 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 not probably not that bad as I think, especially when it comes to or especially don't forget you know some of the fan base. I mean, they really enjoy their personalities. I mean, no matter if it's a true heel or not. I mean, because you know they just want to see the very best of the best compete and you know try to prove their worth in movie trivia. And, that's for just some for some of those fans of the showdown. I mean, others, you know, who comes from a more professional wrestling uh, background or in whether it's you know working in professional wrestling or falling and after pro wrestling uh, promotions, I mean, it probably seems a lot lesser than usual. But I think it's, it's fine as it is because don't forget it's because it's because of the limitations we have on digital, and we'll probably get more of it depending if you know the state of the world is much more. I next year we'll probably, next season we'll probably see more of the more heels appear appear you know, uh in the schmowdown especially in the uh, hopefully more cutscenes that can be filmed. Yeah. Do y'all think the schmowdown
1: needs heels?
0: I think I I actually right before this when you told me you want to do this I put I wrote up a list of heels, and there are like four and or fourteen and a majority of them come from the fence exchange. And these are the people that have been active this season. I, I put Jeff Snyder on there, even though he currently retired. John Rocha is still on there. Brandon Hanna, no matter what, he is a heel. Ben Bateman, heel, of course. Yeah. Um, Barbarian, in my opinion. Like a majority, if you're on the Finstock Exchange, you're probably a heel. Like Barbarian and JTE, I look at them as heels. Griffy Nooms. He is a heel when he is in character. Gold leader. There is no way you are, can tell me he's not doing great heel work because he is like the heel of the Star Wars yeah. division. He is. He is. Moves really? Yeah. I mean, uh, I,
2: it, I, I said I think he does some good work as a heel in the Star Wars division. I mean,
0: mm-hmm. and,
2: and don't and don't and don't forget Laura Kelly as well.
0: Oh yeah. Well, Laura Kelly was that one for us where we're like, is she heel? Is she not? Like she she's very much like we have discussions about who's a heel and who's not so many times. Like one of the main one of the main things with us is that when we look at um, Mike and Chance and like like those two of the corruption and even all of corruption, Luke and I have basically come to the agreement that no one in corruption's a heel anymore. They are all tweeners. They are all middle of the road. They they do heelish stuff, but they get cheered. So in my opinion, like Kalinowski, he is not a heel anymore. And, at least in my opinion. And saying that that the heels aren't doing an, a lot of great work, if you look at Ty Lieberman's response when he was at the cantina, that was the biggest heel reaction I have seen in a long time. And he milked it for everything that was there. So, and Brother Lomas, Rick Rattus, they are all doing great character heel work. So I think Andrew saying that Chandra is the only one that's doing good heel work is sort of maybe an offense to the other people that are that are legitimately doing really great heel work that he's just I think maybe ignoring because he's just focusing on what Chandra has been doing, but that's just my take because yeah that's just that's just my thoughts on it.
1: Anything else you got on that, Tim?
2: and um nothing else i mean i think it's i think it's overall just okay i mean maybe probably uh next season if we can be able to head back to more live action settings we'll probably (laughs) definitely be more heels coming up but yeah i mean definitely still a heel in my eyes for breaking up the wild
0: berries (laughs) man it's hard for me to look at shannon as a heel anymore again especially after the mike Chandru match like that match in particular made me go okay they're not really heels anymore. Especially that was like a face turn for corruption in my opinion, that one match. Maybe. But well, again, that's just me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I thought she should ha- I thought she had heel of the year locked up already in the beginning of last season for just bringing up
0: boundaries. But... <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I, mean, I mean, I was I'm on the same boat as you for that. And so with that great heel discussion, we'll move on to the Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> yes sure you are, I baby. love
1: that
0: so much. Sure that are. was my favorite yeah, thing. Yeah, that I'm, was my
1: I'm,
2: favorite I'm, thing. I'm glad we still have it in the uh gag wheel of last season.
0: So that is so great. I,
2: I, 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 I missed it out on the early Patreon release. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. so with that being with that heel conversation coming to an end, we are moving on to the final segment of our show. It is the predictions of this. The first match, That's which is... All I had. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what the October 1st match is going to be. But the first match coming out on Wednesday, it dropped actually two hours ago today for the Patreon, patrons, but it will be coming out to the public on Wednesday. It is the f- second match of round one of the St- Ultimate Schmodown Star Wars Tournament. All those words. Laura Kelly versus Eric Whiteley. Luke and I have done A reaction to it, so we will not be giving our predictions. Tim, have you seen this match?
2: Uh, not yet. Well, actually, yeah, not yet, so, so thankfully, I can be able to give my prediction for that
0: one. Mm-hmm. So, uh,
2: yeah, I mean, you're looking at these two uh, uh, competitors. I mean, Laura Kelly, I mean, she's definitely have one more opportunity to uh, get to that title belt as spectacular. As for Eric Wrightley, this is his uh, last opportunity of the season to get his first Star Wars victory after really coming close probably twice in his last in his first two matches this season and uh i mean it's gonna be you know just a battle between two competitors who are really you know determined to uh keep their uh, star wars season going and uh i mean eric Riley, i I'm, I'm i'm not i'm not gonna be surprised that uh 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 i think he, he plays for the mercs right or yes Yes, yeah, yes, I'm really I, I, I surprised that Coy would do everything in his power to try to get Eric Whiteley to play probably his best perf- performance in the division. But I mean, against one of the stout contenders in Laura Kelly, even though she's on swag, I mean, I think she'll definitely still pull it out, and that uh, Winston will definitely uh, give all the help that he can give as manager. And uh, but I mean, between these two, I still have Laura Kelly uh taking the win. I mean, Eric Whiteley, I mean. Will definitely put up a strong performance, but I think it won't be enough to uh, get his first win yet this season. Maybe next season, but uh, but I mean, he's definitely one of the great additions in this run, and I think you know his time his time will probably not come this season, but probably next season.
0: He is yeah. a great competitor in the Star Wars division. Currently at 0 2, he may be one of the best Star Wars player at 0 2. Um, but Tim, I will tell you right now that opening promo. It is crazy what Laura does in it. That's that's all I got to say. When Luke and I watched it, we were like, what is happening? So, yeah, <laughs> when you see what Laura does in that opening promo, there you go. And the final match that we actually know about, it is Final Exam, the first match of the team's tournament. It is Final Exam, the team of Paulyama and Lon Harris versus King Arthur, King Khan, and Griffy Nooms. Luke, I'll start with you. Who do you have and why?
1: Oh, why did you put me next? Because Uh, I have to. Leo, final exam needs another shot because if they lose here, their time together is done. And then Brian, I have King Arthur. I, oh, this is going to be hard. I, I don't know enough on King Arthur because, I mean, don't get me wrong, both of them are playing incredible. Final exam is a great team. I final exam has disappointed me a lot. Throughout the matches, they they get they do very well and then they just slip. And normally, lawn you get a good lawn or you get a wherever lawn is. Conway is revenge against lawn, Con- and that's that's the thing. Like lawn can do great. It's just he has such weird matches. He'll have matches where he'll do amazing, and the next match he'll lose it. And so. I think, I think I gotta go with King Arthur. All right, uh, Brian. That's it's my final exam is two, one and two this season.
0: Um, Eli, I'll go, I'll go next. Yeah. Um, I, with how Lon played against Khan, there are some rough patches, and he needed to fix them. Griffy Nooms is pretty good at. It's like Khan and Lon in their match. There were a lot of rough patches between both of them, but their partners are really good at filling in those rough patches. Ultimately in the end is going to come down again. I don't want to say who wants it most because they both want it. So that's a weird saying. It's going to come down to if Lon shows up, honestly. And I know King Arthur feels like the comfortable spot because both of them can show up. But I'm, I'm going to go with final exam because there's just something in me that mm. wants to see Lon and Paul keep on going as a team. And I feel like this win, a win against King Arthur will happen. And also, I just don't want to see the Finsock exchange in a tournament anymore. But that's just me. That's just my own B for the Finsock exchange. But yeah, I have final exam for the win. Tim, who's your pick between these two teams? Well, uh,
2: these two, I mean, uh, final exam, they Probably been one of the best teams to play in some, probably in the last in this season and the last season i bet. This season they've probably been more inconsistent uh than I thought. I mean I mean uh Paul Yama definitely is still uh stronger better, but I think, yeah, like what you said, Lon Harris has been a bit more inconsistent in some of his performances. But when you look at King Arthur, I mean uh I've been I I've pretty much been proven wrong about the FinnSock exchange this I <laughs> Especially with their rookies and like how they're able to uh, draft them, you know, in a way that
3: probably none of us
2: uh, thought possible, you know, could happen or, you know, never heard of, you know, I mean, I mean, if you look back at that small down draft, I mean, we all thought that, you know, the dungeon and the stars were probably, or in my mind, the top two preseason favorites to win the title based faction title based on their drafting and corruption not that far behind as well. But, uh, but yeah i mean it's been a surprise that the Finstock exchange has been one of the top performing factions and especially with these two rookies which combined together should be on paper the most dangerous rookie team we have seen in the team's division of the Shmo Down. and i wouldn't you know sleep on these two you know working together very well because i mean they've been working very well uh on their own and i think they'll definitely work very well together i mean because can't underestimate what you know. Tom Daciano has been doing as manager with with you know the Barbarian helping uh, working alongside him as well to get them to work together as a team. I mean, that's what I'm probably expecting, and and for this matchup, I'm definitely going to be putting King Arthur a Final Exam. I just think that uh the potential mm. that they have as one of possibly the fiercest rookie teams will probably. Uh, overpower, you know, the inconsistency that uh, Lon Harris has in final exam, which probably could lead to that eventual breakup. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have King Arthur uh, taking that matchup.
0: Well, I'm nice. glad I'm the only final exam optimist. So, with that being said, we don't know what the October 1st match is, or if there will be a pay-per-view this weekend. So, when we get information, Luke and I will be posting out our predictions for that match and if there's a pay-per-view we'll be posting our predictions for that but with all that being said tim thank you so much for joining us thank for the show what yeah, do you, you want to plug for the audience yeah
2: well last thing i want to say especially about the singles tournament i mean as we start start most of the second round matches look at the uh top right quadrant and the bottom left quadrant top right is basically you know those three rookies uh, that in my mind Will be you know the decider for rookie of the year. Uh-huh. You know, of those three will be the semifinalists there, and the bottom left. It's basically what me and Dagan on the inside are calling it the death row uh, quadrant <laughs> because of these four amazing competitors. I mean, any of those four could be the semifinalists. You know, from that quadrant. So uh, keep an eye out for the matches to come on both of those quadrants, as you know, it could we could really see some surprising you know outcomes from there, but. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I really appreciate uh, uh, y'all having me on for the show. And uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you can definitely find me on Twitter at Tim L. Sim, where I basically, you know, make some showdown and some of my personal thoughts about the world and uh, as, and uh, catch me on Facebook, you know, uh, putting those massive posts up, as well as on my YouTube channel, Tim Sim, where I do the, of course, my own on after show, The Insight, and The Insight over time for any other topics that I couldn't cover now i just want to make a quick announcement that initially i was hoping to have the uh tonight's episode premiere probably uh an hour from now but from what i'm just looking unfortunately uh because you know uploading is so slow because unfortunately yeah, mm-hmm. it took, took took a took a bad time to be slow i mean unfortunately i'm gonna to have to uh, postpone the premiere of tonight's episode to uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m central so uh Keep an eye on that, and I'll make an announcement later on Twitter and on Facebook on when the, uh, the new time will be tomorrow night. So keep an eye on that, I mean, we definitely have a great discussion about the last two championship matches of the of the month, as well as previewing you know the next phases of the Ultimate shutdown Tournament. So you don't want to miss that when it premieres uh, tomorrow night. So uh, yeah, keep an eye on that. Otherwise, thanks. Thank you. Oh support. yeah, Luke, Sam's what do you got I, to plug? You.
1: Uh, first off, Tim, thank you for coming on. I actually completely understand processing issues. There's been so many times I will record a video or record like the Into the Shmodown Galaxy that before we went started doing live shows. And I would record it and process it and it would take till like nine or ten or some late time that I would normally never post. And I just had to throw it out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, just so this, this, this great perspective. It's I I started the upload at around 3pm and it's already 7 6pm. And it's just barely halfway uploaded. So. <laughs> yep, yep. Yep.
1: I'm not shocked. <laughs> so in saying that, everyone, thank y'all for watching. If y'all would please like this video. We are trying to grow the community. We're trying to gain more subscribers. We've actually been great, gaining a lot of subscribers through our trailer reactions, which has been awesome. So in saying that, Eli, anything you want to plug before we end the show?
0: I just want to plug that you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and on TikTok at Mr. Eli Mack. Also there's a YouTube channel that I want to plug that deserves a lot of love, implicitly pretentious. I have no association with it. I just want to say that they have a lot of great video essays. They recently, recently released a new one called in defense of DCEU Batman. It's so intriguing that video. And also they're currently doing a series about stan lee's first 100 comics of the spider-man comic and comparing it to the movies that have come out so yeah you should go ahead check them out and yeah that's that's all i got
1: all right well i'll see you later buddy see ya